Yes, happy anniversary to Solano Church. It's been a blessing for me to be a part of this church for the last two and a half years. Uh, And I love that we had our church work day on the same weekend. Um, I will confess that I showed up fashionably late, as in when they were cleaning up. Uh, But I had a good reason. My son, it was his last soccer game of the year. And uh, he was a rec team that got put into a comp league. It was a rough, it was a rough game. So it was good we were there to encourage them. Uh, but when I came here, I was uh, just really filled with joy with the amount of people who were just here to help using their skills, their giftings um, to clean and to fix light fixtures. So one thing you can notice when you walk out, I don't want you to miss this, we replace a lot of the light fixtures. Uh, uh, they look really good. So thank you for, for those of you who were there. I, one of the things, though, um, we're going to be doing today is I want to focus on celebrating Solano in, in 19 years. So we're going to take a break or a pause on the First Corinthians, uh, the First the Corinthians sermon series. We're going to continue it next week. But the passage we were going to do today would would have been on gender roles. And so one of the things we we're going to have Pastor Andrew do. Uh, what he wanted to do this was lead us through that difficult, beautiful but difficult, controversial topic of gender roles. So we're going to put pa- we're going to push pause on that, and and pick that up later at the right time. So we felt right now was not the time to go through that topic. We are going to so we're going to continue in First Corinthians 15, and we'll return to the topic of gender roles in the future. And so what I was thinking, I was praying about this, talking to the elders about what to do for this for this message. And I was feeling led to affirm and encourage Solano uh, for its history of faithfulness in the East Bay, which is really a testament to God's faithfulness. And so that's one of the things that we're going to see Paul, the, the Apostle Paul, do in his letters is he'll often take time to um, point out the ways in which the churches are being faithful. Because in his mind, it's a testament to God's grace and power at work in them. And he wants them to know, I see this in you. I see God working in you. And one of the reasons why he does that is also to inspire them to keep going. And so you'll see this especially in 1 Thessalonians. Thessalonians was a church that Paul was really proud of. He really admired and loved how God was working in their life. And so he says this in chapter four. He says, finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, uh, that you do so more and more. Some translations will say, and excel still more. You are doing well, but don't get complacent. God has worked in you But if you are trusting in the presence of the Holy Spirit amongst you, then there is no limit to the depths of love and knowledge and faith and maturity he can lead you to uh, as you continue on your faith journey with Christ. So keep going. Now I realize as I want to affirm Solano's faithfulness to the gospel over the last 19 years that I am relatively new been here for two and a half years. They've been an amazing two and a half years, a deep two and a half years where I've gotten involved with many of you and heard many of your stories. That's one of the the blessings of being a pastor. Um, But I'm still relatively new. So one thing I did is I solicited some written testimonies 
of how Solano has impacted some of you. So I'm going to be sharing those as we go along uh, in the message today. I'm also wanting to end with an open mic. So um, yeah, I'm a little edgy like that. I like open mics. Uh, I know some of you get nervous, but I just would love to see how the Spirit prompts a few of you to share how God has impacted you. So be maybe thinking about that. Um, <clears throat> that also puts a little pressure on me to end on time, <laughs> so we have time for that. Um, and also, one of the things that is good about being kind of newer and an outsider is I get to come in and say, wow, this is what has impressed me about Solano, coming from the outside. And there's actually an example of that where Barnabas, who was one of the early um, partners of, of the Apostle Paul, was sent to a church to help it out. And when he got there, he was encouraged by the grace of God that he saw in this church. And he encouraged them for a while. And so I hope this message acts as a kind of Barnabas for us, encouraging us with how the grace of God is at work <clears throat> and inspiring us to excel still more. So we'll look at five, maybe six, depending on time, five to six characteristics of faithfulness that I think describe Solano that we can strive to excel still more. So um, to begin, as I was thinking about what to share first, I was reading a book to kind of help me, help equip me to come alongside Pastor Andrew and the council on some of the executive um, leadership of the church. So for example, budgeting. So I read a book on how to, help, how to budget for a healthy church. And the book starts off by defining what you need to do to have a healthy budget. And he says, the goal of a good budget is it must be faithful to God. I love that. Let's be faithful with our, our budget as a church. And he had to define what faithfulness meant. And the first thing he said was faithfulness is obedience. I was like, okay, yeah, that's sure. We should be obedient to what God says. But the second aspect of faithfulness is what kind of gripped me in a good way. He says, faithfulness requires risk. And so he defined faithfulness as risky obedience. And the idea is that we have to be willing to trust God, even if it's going to cost us along the way of some of our worldly comforts, that there is maybe some ways we're going to suffer worldly loss to gain uh, heavenly treasure. And so he's saying that there is risk involved, risky obedience. The biblical premise for this is the parable of the talents, Matthew 25. And some of you may know the story where God, Jesus is describing who God is and the way that we are faithful to God. And so the master in this parable has three servants and one of them has five talents. So when the master leaves, the, the servant takes the five talents and invests it. We all know what investment requires, that there's risk. And he got five talents back and was able to give his master the five talents that he had given him, plus five more. The same with the, with the servant with three talents. He invested the three and got three back more for investing it, and the master was pleased. But one of the servants buried his talent, sat on it out of fear. And so listen to the response of the master. 
the, the servant starts off and says, Master, I knew you, you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. But his master answered, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. It's kind of interesting to me how God presents himself as kind of this aggressive corporate investor who does hostile takeovers. Dare I compare God to Elon Musk with Twitter, but he's basically saying, I am going to be aggressive with my kingdom. I am going to take ground whether I was preparing to or not. And he says, Don't, if you knew that about me, why didn't you act accordingly? In other words, the idea behind faith is that we say, if this is who God is, then we're going to live according to who God is. And so God's kingdom is on the offense in this world. God's kingdom is on the offense against the gates of hell, which shall not prevail against it. And so he's saying, if you believe that about me, why do you sit on your hands and play it safe? I am going after it and I will win. Why aren't you joining me in my conquest is the idea behind what it means to have faith in God. In fact, this is the premise of the If Gathering Conference. The If Gathering Conference is a women's conference which we had last year and we're gonna do this year. And the whole premise is what if we lived as though God's promises were true? And so the way to capture that is God's people have risky obedience. We take what God has given us and we invest it in advancing and pursuing God's kingdom even though there could be, we could suffer loss along the way. Even though we don't know what the results are gonna be, we have risky obedience. I see that in Solano's history and part of Solano's DNA. One way to understand a church is to ask how it got started. I've always loved the story. Andrew has told the story many times. I listen like a, like a child to a bedtime story because I love how it points out who God is. And, you know, Pastor Andrew, when he was in his early 30s, he was being um, groomed to take over a church, I believe it was in Pennsylvania, like 1,000, 2,000 members. And he was, it was going to be a well-paid job, a very stable job, and a, very, a much easier community to be a church in than in the East Bay. And he was lined up to get that, but he felt a calling to plant a church, a brand new church. That's one of the hardest things to do, is to start a church. And not just to start a church, but to start it in the Bay Area. One of the most difficult places to start a church and build a church. And not just the Bay Area, the Berkeley area, Bay Area. One of the hardest places, he, and so he felt called by God. And he obeyed. That was risky obedience. I also loved hearing the story of how an associate pastor began a homeless ministry to the homeless who were encamped out in the bulb. And uh, it was an associate pastor, Andrew Franklin, some of you know him. He began to bring them food, pizza. And his motto was, I'm not bringing them dinner, I'm going to have dinner with them. And he would sit and eat with them and care for them. And in fact, his ministry was so powerful that 
Eventually, the city came to Solano to ask for help to relocate the homeless so they can build up the, the bulb in a different way. And so that was risky obedience. And so listen to this from uh, one of our home group leaders, Russell Doy. Solano has challenged me to take on leadership roles that have expanded my abilities and capacity to serve others. Through Solano, I had an opportunity to co-chair the Count Me In community projects, which allowed me to learn to organize large group of volunteers to spread love in the community by being the hands and feet and voice of Jesus. Apparently, Russell was not an event organizer and was put in charge of Count Me In. I love that. I also learned to lead a home group that went through many challenges over the years. The group hit some real highs and hit some relative lows. Risky obedience. There was challenges. It wasn't all easy. There was loss and pain. But through it all, God told me to stay committed to him and fruit will come. So faithfulness for Solano means continuing the legacy of risky obedience that stretches us that causes us to invest in God's kingdom, which will mean sacrificing worldly comforts, material possessions, and guaranteed results. Instead, we act faithfully to lift up the name and glory of God, and we leave the results up to him. But his reward is guaranteed when we are faithful. So, risky obedience. The next area of faithfulness is similar, but I thought it was worth highlighting more specifically Something that has always impressed me about Solano is what I would call Bible boldness. Solano has always been committed to the word of God in its faithfulness. Uh, And, you know, when I came to Solano as a pastor, I loved that that was part of the commitment of this church, that the the rock-solid foundation was what God's word said. I remember that when, uh, you know, we've done books of the Bible. We preach through books of the Bible, which are very difficult. For example, Zechariah. Who preaches through Zechariah? Solano Church does. And I love it. When we realized we needed to address controversial issues in the church, I love that Andrew and the elders said, we're going to preach through 1 Corinthians. We're going to lead out with the word. And so I've heard this from other people as well. Uh, Rob Hansen wrote this. Solano was the first church I chose as an adult to be my spiritual home. I've gone through a lot of life in this church and cherished our community even as many individuals have come and gone. I appreciate the biblically grounded, insightful teaching and am continuously encouraged by the way God's work, the way God works in and through our congregation. And so I love how for Rob and for many members, they found a community here But even though there's been turnover, the foundation has stayed the same. The teaching of the word of God. And so that has allowed the congregation to continue to come together around Jesus, even as we have people come and go from our community. And so one thing I want to clarify is what do I mean by Bible boldness? What do I mean by boldness? I don't mean in the sense of loud and blustery and yelly, although sometimes that's okay. Sometimes it ought to be a little passionate from up front, yeah? But that's not what I mean. What I mean is that we are out in, the word is always leading. The word is out in front. That God's truth is in charge, not crafty speech. We don't gather around because there's some amazing, eloquent speaker. 
That's not what that means. We don't uh, give in to gimmicks or we're not here to gather around fancy uh, concert productions. That's not what makes Solano faithful. That's not what's ga- what, why we've gathered for over the years. Not what I've heard, not what I've experienced. It's because we're here to worship in spirit and truth. And I also mean boldness in the sense of not being driven by the fear of man. Listen to this, Paul to Timothy. It's kind of a life verse for me. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, quite the setup here, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Bible boldness. Notice what he says, in season, when it's relatively acceptable message and, and, and the culture can kind of accept it. Or how about out of season, when it's a controversial or goes against the grain of culture. You preach the word, Timothy. And I have appreciated how Solano has been faithful to this. But also notice these words, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Three words. Two of those are tough. Reprove and rebuke. Carry the idea of correcting, challenging, warning. The idea is, Solano, we're to be Bible bold, not that we teach messages that scratch our itching ears, but we teach what God says, even when it brings conviction or especially. Because we are eager to follow what God says, and we are aware that we wander from right to left unless God is speaking truth. So we're committed to the word and then exhort. You've heard uh, Miguel mention this word. It's the word parakaleo. It's to come alongside and encourage. And so those are the words that we, we use. So we are bold in the sense of the word leads. We're not driven by the fear of man. But there is a danger in Bible boldness. We can miss the whole point of the Bible. So in John chapter five, Jesus gave this sober warning for for all the church. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. And Jesus elsewhere said it even more clearly, I am the vine, you are the branches apart from me. You can do nothing. And so what has always impressed me as a, as a new pastor and as I've listened to stories is that Solano Church is committed to being Christ-connected. We're not gathering here to gain more Bible knowledge. What good is that? We want to know and follow Jesus Christ as a church. In other words, the whole point of our Sunday gatherings, the whole point of our home group, the whole point of our fellowshipping is that we're pointing one another to Jesus Christ. And that we are making every effort to connect everything we do to the grace of God given to us through Christ who gave his precious blood for us. And that is our identity. And everything we do is to be rooted in that and to flow from that. Jessica McGowan shared this. She said, I remember telling Pastor Andrew how I felt 
in my brokenness. He told me how, I, uh, how alone I felt in my brokenness. He told me, we are here now, and Solano will always be your home. I will never forget how that, how that felt to hear it, and it was the truth. It was the moment I felt Jesus walking me back with a family waiting for me. And so why can, why can we give that encouragement to one another? It's because scripture does. If we belong to Jesus and his spirit is in us, we have a forever home with him and his church. And so we, well, there's a sticker that we have. We have a saying that we've, we've shared many times. And I love this. It's we are beloved, redeemed, chosen child of God. How many of you have heard that from the pulpit many times? That is who we are and that is what we were always living out of that and reminding ourselves about that. And so when we sin, we can always come back in repentance and receive fullness of grace and forgiveness because that is true. Nothing separates us from our identity in Jesus Christ. Recently, in fact, a member encouraged me Listen to what he shared with me. He said, in times like this, it is important for leaders to spend lots of time with the Lord instead of the inevitable distractions like doing more ministry, thinking of more problems to solve. He says, we need to be nourished by the true vine, otherwise we will become a dry branch that will snap under stress, as Jesus said, for apart from me, you can do nothing. I love that I'm being encouraged by members to say, Paul, you got to stay connected to Jesus or you're going to snap and dry up like a twig. That's how ingrained this truth is in our church. I can't even pastor among you without being pointed back to Jesus myself. I love that. And I think if you've been walking with us for a while, you've felt this too. Esther Wong testifies to that. Listen to what she said. I was really drawn to Solano because of how clearly people put their faith at the center of their lives. Whether it's interacting with people one-on-one or listening to the worship or sermons, I could see that people genuinely wanted to know God more and grow as believers. Esther was drawn to the fact that people were saying, I want this to be about a real relationship with God. This isn't about playing church. This isn't about going through the motions. This isn't about puffing ourselves up. There's a sincerity of wanting to know Jesus Christ. She felt it. I have felt it. Solano has a record of a history of wanting to stay Christ connected. And so let us continue that legacy Faithfulness means we are staying connected and close to Jesus and walking in grace. <clears throat> so, we're not, so we're relying on the Spirit to transform us, not our own strength, not our own righteousness. We're turning from sin and the knowledge of God's forgiveness and cleansing power. And when we come into the light... And step out of darkness, we receive forgiveness, and we know that God's power is at work to help us heal and grow. But being connected to Jesus also drives us to want others to be connected to Jesus. Amen, church? And so what I've also been challenged by and encouraged by is that Solano is mission-minded. 
Again, when you go back to the way a church started, you can understand a church's DNA. And so I love that when Solano got started, I don't know who did this. I hope it was more than just Andrew. But he testifies they went to every single door in Albany. Was anyone a part of that? Who's here? Dave Monk? Kind of? He's like, yeah, I did a few doors. Every single door. I don't care what you think about that strategy. I want you to notice the commitment, the risky obedience to helping people know Jesus. That's how this church got started. To want people to be connected to Jesus who are running from Jesus, who are far from Jesus, who are ignorant of Jesus. That has to continue to be our heartbeat as a church. And so, you know, I love the testimony of, of one person. Uh, she's shared this many times, Sarah Rader. Sarah was, um, you know, she would say she was, she was a believer but not walking with God. And she got like six flyers to come to Solano. And I think it was the sixth flyer that God, that God got a hold of her. I love that. Mission-minded. And so in our home groups, we're, we're talking to home group leaders as le and we're trying to say, how do you shepherd your, your group? But also, how do you do mission together? And so we're brainstorming, how can we do more alpha? How can we have alpha groups? And so one home group, uh, the, the Woodfins, they started their second alpha class or alpha course. We have an acronym we use to help people share their faith. We call it PAPST. PAPST. I love it. Blue ribbon prayer. So pray, ask, bless, share, tell. We're, we're just trying to say, how can we be intentional in this area? And so Brett Prochek wrote this. He says, Solano Church has given me a true, authentic community of fellow faith sojourners and equipped me to grow and engage the world as a follower of Christ. I am thankful for the bold vision of Solano, calling us to be ambassadors of Christ in the East Bay, one of the most challenging places to be a believer in the country. I love that. I love that risky obedience, that not sitting on our talents, but going to the, one of the most difficult places in the country and having and desiring to be ambassadors. So faithfulness means we will continue to be mission-minded, so just to uh, reiterate, to be faithful, we're going to practice risky obedience. We're going to seek to have Bible boldness. We're going to stay Christ-connected. We're going to be mission-minded. And now I'm curious if you've been following along in 1 Corinthians, if there's anything I've missed in faithfulness. Does anyone, can anyone think of something that must be true of a church to be faithful that I have not said yet? Love. God is among us. <laughs> you guys got it. Love must lead. Love must lead. Love must set the tone of all that we do. Love must be the dominant melody of our words and deeds. Paul said, pursue love. Remember that? Desire the gifts and God may give it to you, but you go after being loving. You obsess about being loving. You think about it all the time. It is your highest ambition to be loving. And we also remember that love in scripture is in the verb tense. It is not a feeling. It is an action. It is, 
Love is lived out in space and time. It is lived out in words and deeds that reflect who God is, that reflect the character of God as defined and described in us in scripture. Love leads in an action-oriented way. Love leads in a sacrificial way, considering the needs of others. I want you to think about what happens when love leads in a church. What's gonna be true of that church? Let me give you a few things I think that means. When love leads, the church is full of acts of reconciliation and forgiveness. When love leads, the church has a resume of acts of patience and kindness towards one another. It's full of acts of humility where people are um, getting their egos out of the way. Acts of humility. There's acts of humanity where people are stepping into powerfully into the needs of others, seeing how people are struggling and suffering and stepping into those needs. And also acts of hospitality. Hospitality we often think of as opening up our home, which is so true, but I love the point, it still stuck with me with that the Iwawakis made. Remember their sermon on hospitality? And they defined it as not just opening up your home, but opening up your heart, opening up your life to people. And it could be ordinary, it could be radical, but when we are opening up our, our hearts to people in love, people feel God is with us. They experience the gospel. In fact, as I solicited some written testimonies, this was by far the most common theme. I'll share I had to pick, I had actually cut down how many quotes I wanted to give you, but um, here's one from a member. The community God provided through Solano has been incredibly meaningful for my walk with him. People I met here have become like a second family. That doesn't happen unless love leads. They are, this is someone who experienced being welcomed into people's hearts. And I appreciate the ways we walk through life together, encouraging each other and nudging each other towards Christ in joyful times and in challenging seasons. Hewitt, one of our newer members, wrote this. She said, I stumbled upon Solano Church during a dark season in my life. Their overwhelming kindness, love, and hospitality of the people I first met at Solano Church who welcomed me and my family with open arms helped me reacquaint me to the healing power of God's extraordinary love, grace, and truth. The fellowship and discipleship I experienced in my home group has been life-changing. Love did that. It wasn't just Bible knowledge. It wasn't just obedience. It was all of those, but all wrapped up in, the, in, in love. What a power. But we have to remember something about love. The church is called to love not the way the world loves. The world does not know love because God is love. And if we're gonna love, we have to love the way God did. And so God tells us what love is. It's not sentimental love. For us to love, we must rejoice in the truth. We love according to the truth. We hold fast to what is good. What God says is right and true and pure. 
has to be on the front of our minds if we're going to love people. We must abhor what is evil. We must be able to call evil, evil. We must be able to recognize it. Love rejects partiality. It refuses to take revenge. It embraces the lowly. Love pours out to people who don't necessarily give anything back. And so here's how one member, I think, has testified to Solano's faithfulness in this area. Tiffany Fu wrote this. She says, Solano has been a place where I have experienced authentic kindness and goodness, the selfless kind that you recognize is a beautiful reflection of God. The Solano Church reminds me that God molds people to be different from the rest of the world, a good kind of different that brings my heart hope and peace. When we love the way God calls us to love, Tiffany's testifying, I sense this is different. I sense God's presence among us and I'm filled with hope and peace. It's not just Bible knowledge. It's God's love manifested in our lives and actions And she's saying, and I think I would agree, that's when we feel God's presence. That's when we feel hope and peace. And so, love must lead. And I want to make one last point here. I I do have time to get to my sixth characteristic. For a church to be faithful, leaders must lay down their lives. It's difficult for me to think about what it means to be a faithful church without talking about leadership. And so listen uh, to Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be no advantage to you. And so for a church to be faithful, there has to be a good relationship with the leaders, understanding that the leaders are there under accountability before God themselves, help them do that well. The church works together to say, let us, be, let us shepherd this church well, and the leaders have to stand before God for caring for the souls of the congregation. What a responsibility. And so, there's a lot of ways I think leaders have to lay down their lives I had so many points here, I had to cut them. Um, But I'm gonna say one thing, one way. Leaders must lay down their lives to empower others. Leaders must lay down their lives to empower others. Ephesians 4 says this very clearly, that God gave to the church the, the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the teachers and the shepherds to equip the saints for the work of ministry that we may grow into maturity into the fullness of Christ. And so if there is no equipping of the saints, the church can't grow, the church can't be faithful. The whole point of leaders is to equip the saints, to empower others. In fact, it haunts me how a church can go bad if it fails to do this. There's a scene in Acts chapter six where the church is growing The spirit is being poured out. People are coming to Christ like crazy and out of nowhere an injustice rises up because of a honest mistake in the church, an honest mistake of neglect. 
the Hellenistic widows were being overlooked in the distribution of the food. Now, they were the early church, so you can understand that they needed to get organized, and so it was, it was a mistake that they immediately corrected, but that stands as a witness for the rest of the church for all time. What they, the mistake they made in ignorance, in ignorance, let us not make now that we know about that. So because the Hellenistic widows, what happened was they had to delegate. They had to empower others to care for them. And so the church has to recognize who are the vulnerable people amongst us that whose voices are gonna be marginalized if we don't pay attention and empower others to minister to them and we might accidentally, out of, out of not being leaders who lay down our lives, we may cause people to be marginalized. That haunts me. And so let us love one another. Let us be a church that empowers others. And so let me pay it, say it positively. With an empowered many, the beautiful diversity of the body will be wonderfully activated. And so here's, one member who's experienced this, Tom Montgomery, said, I have been at Solano for just over a year. And during that time, the pastoral staff has taken the time to get to know me, my life story, and my spiritual gifts. And they have given me the opportunity to grow in my gifts. I want everybody at Solano to be able to say that. And here's Lauren Krutzinger, who has since moved but she was a member here for over 10 years. She wrote this, he has continued to refine me through our collective times of joy and navigating challenging seasons and through opportunities orchestrated for me to use the giftedness he's given me. I wouldn't be the woman I am without all of you and his church. And so I love how Solano has tried and worked to empower people like Lauren and that helped her become the woman that God was calling her to be. And so let us excel still more in these areas, Lord, that we, uh, that we would have risky obedience, Bible boldness, we would stay Christ-connected and be mission-minded, that love would lead and leaders would lay down their life for the good of the church. So what I wanna do, I think we have time, Right, John? Where's John? It's 11 o'clock, brother. I did it. <laughs> I want to open it up to some of you to share. How has Solano impacted you? And I want us to remember, some of us may, may say, well, we're lifting up Solano. What about God? And what I'm trying to say is, these are evidence of God's faithfulness to us. These are evidence of God's grace to us. And it's okay to revel in that a little bit. It's not about us, it's about God. And so raise a witness to how God has worked in your life through his body. And so we have some runners, John and is Martin here? Sorry, Martin, I just called you out, you're not here. Um, I could be, or yeah, Dave can be a runner. If you would share, just raise your hand and keep it, keep it quick. One, I, I asked people for two to four sentences, friends, so maybe one to two minutes. All right, go ahead. Uh, all right, 30 to 60 seconds, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> 
since I already have the mic. Um, I was just going to say that Solano has been a blessing to me as a person. Um, the community walking through with me in the hardest time of my life when mm -hmm. I, my, my, my life was a pile of crumbled rocks. Mm. But also as a father, as a parent, and as a leader, I've gotten to use my gifts. So. Amen. Um, I, I guess, should we supposed to stand up? I don't know. That'd be up. good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have been a part of this community for almost 11 years and, um, <laughs> just over the years, I, God has just really healed me from a lot of wounds mm. through, um, through my relationships with people here and the love that they have shown me and through the teaching and through just a lot of different seasons of, you know, learning different things and experiencing different things. So I'm just incredibly grateful for, um, yeah, for the whole, the whole time. The good things and the hard things right. have all been used for good. Amen. Thank you. Hi, my name is Anglip. I was just thinking this morning, um, I've been with Solano for six years. And we're celebrating our 19th year. And then I thought to myself, the six years I've been here are Solano's teenage years, <laughs> right? And we've had our fair share of uh, <clears throat> growing pains. Mm -hmm. So this, this is a moment to celebrate that we've made it out of the love, the kindness, the goodness, and the faithfulness of God. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to focus on him and learn to do so even more in, in our adult years, beginning Amen. now, right? Amen. So we should, uh, my prayer is that Solano will move forward as a mature, obedient church. Amen. And, and we have to be, you know, singing the praises of God every Sunday when we meet and every day. Uh, in, our, in our existence. So I'm praying for spiritual growth for everyone and really centering on, on, on God, right? As the Holy Trinity, not, not just on Jesus Christ. Thank you. Amen. Hi, my name is Sohi. Uh, I've been in Solano for seven years. Um, just my story is that I came here from Midwest seven years ago, and I really didn't want to come here because, because it's California, and because it's East Bay, because it's Berkeley. So I had a lot of fear bringing three kids, and I consult uh, many people in my in Chicago. Like when I come here, can I find a church where really Bible focused? Mm -hmm. And they three in three different people. They don't know each other. They talk about Solano. So 
that really assured me that, okay, this is a church. So Brad and I came here, and without checking any other church that's been Solano, became my church. And I, there is a really hard time and challenging time, but I'm still here because of the you know, community and because of the Bible focus that's most important. So I really appreciate it, Solano. And we will go through hard time, good time Amen. as a family. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Thank you. Maybe one more. Hi there. Um, my name's Rebecca, and um, I just wanted to share that. So I've been a part of this church for two and a half years, and I just think of how, um, you know, the Surgeon General has declared there's an epidemic of loneliness in our country, mm-hmm. and um, I feel that I feel so blessed to be a part of this community because it feels like the antidote to that. Um, you know, as a single person in my mid thirties, it's, um, it's just been so wonderful. I, I know that, you know, at any hour of the day I can call and, you know, on anyone in my home group, um, to be there for me. So mm. it's just been, they've been there for me and, um, I just really appreciate it. Thank you, Rebecca. Oh. That was amazing. Open mic time, guys. Thank you. Um, loved hearing those stories. Uh, I don't want to stop it. Um, but, yeah, just share with each other your stories. <laughs> Feel free to email me more stories. Um, it has been a blessing to be a part of Solano Church. And I'm excited for our future. I guess I'll just end with one last quote from the chair of our council, Paul Sluice wrote this, joining the Solano community breathed new life into my worship experience and broadened the interactions I have with other believers while continuing the church's rock-solid commitment to Jesus. Happy birthday, Solano. You are a joy and an encouragement to me. Thank you, Paul. Amen. I hope it's been an encouragement to you. As we close, we're going to spend some extended time in worship and response. And you're going to have an opportunity to also come up and receive prayer after you take communion. And here are some ways that you can receive prayer. Obviously, whatever is on your heart, come and get prayer. Whatever needs are weighing you down or causing you to be anxious or wanting you to seek the Lord's provision and help. But here are some guidance based on the... um, the six characteristics of a faithful church. Number one, where is God calling you to risky obedience? Where are you sensing that need to obey God, but it's scary? You're not sure how it's gonna go. Risky obedience. What is keeping you from staying connected to Jesus? Is there any barriers in your faith or your heart or your life that are making you um, pull away from Jesus that you can get prayer for? What is God saying to you from scripture? What do you need to do about it? Who has God put on your heart to share Jesus? As we seek to be mission-minded, pray for that. Pray for your leaders. And lastly, how can you excel still more in loving others? Let me pray. Lord, thank you for giving us this time to receive encouragement, Lord, from your spirit at work over the years, um, 
through your word preached, through the love that you have um, arisen in the hearts of members that it's been poured out. And we get to reap some of the fruit of that this morning, Lord, through the testimonies of your love, which are rooted in real healing, real joy, real comfort, real encouragement. Lord, life-changing truths, life-changing love uh, that has been shared with us. Uh, Lord, would you allow us to continue to be faithful? Lord, would you um, come in great power in your spirit, Lord, to be, let us continue to be a beacon of hope, love, light, and joy in this place and, and around the world. Lord, so would you, would you um, empower this time of prayer and worship, Lord? Let it be special. Lord, let it be real and deep as we come to you in, in, in response of obedience and prayer. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.